So selling in a crisis, 50, 55 ways to stay motivated. Um, as I mentioned before, I'm kind of falling away from the, I don't want to be motivated. I want to be disciplined. Um, I'm, I'm seldom motivated per se. Any comments so far, what we've read or, or, or this, this week's reading beginning in chapter 21? I may be ahead a little bit, but he's got a chapter in there about the uh, rhythm of your sales approach and the different methods that kind of reflect your process that you started with eight, 10 years ago, something like that, your little diagram and how to mix it up. Uh, you know, his stuff is is uh, short, sweet, to the point, and there's a lot of it. So I'm beginning to respect him in the book a great deal. Yeah, here it is under chapter 25. Uh, protect the golden hours, he says, about rhythm. He says, time is money. Get real with yourself about the poor choices, choices you make you're making right now immediately shift your mindset about how you schedule your sales day and set your daily battle rhythm. I like that battle rhythm. The key is getting your priorities straight and priority one is protecting the golden hours for selling. I know Dan does that. I like, I like to freak out and you called me at eight 48 this morning. And uh, when I saw it 30 minutes later, I didn't dare call you back because I knew you were smiling and dialing. Why were you calling me at 8.48? Yeah, so I, I started eight on the phone, but I'm calling expired and withdrawn listings. And when I'm done, I stop. I have a, an interlude that I do other things until nine. So uh, because the other calls I make are basically the cold calls. And I just found people are more receptive if I don't call too early uh, for that. But nine until I break to go to the gym between 1130 and noon. Uh, so that's and so that's my those are my golden hours. Yeah. My philosophy is if you can if you can take care of the beginning of your day up till noon, everything else should take care of itself. Well, let me back up. So it depends. Uh, I mean, I I always. Uh, grow my real estate business through prospecting. It can be grown through advertising, marketing, uh, other ways. But for people that that are, are in sales that requires prospecting or that's their chosen method, prospecting, then there certainly has to be uh, a discipline of you know those golden hours where you are prospecting. And that doesn't apply to all types of sales. So. I've got one set up uh, because this was a new business launch for me. Uh, I can't say that it worked nearly as well as I wanted it to uh, because I'm going after a relatively new market for myself. So there's been a, a lot of branding and knowledge that the calls I'm making, the emails, the follow-ups, the LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff is an awareness uh, combination prospecting. So, and then we've got the, the big economic thing going on right now too. Yeah. Beth, do you have a rhythm in your 
new position. I mean, your new position is what, nine months old now? Actually, it's a year old. I started November 15th. Okay. And um, there's a little bit of a rhythm because I'm calling offices and they don't, they're, they're getting new patients coming in and rooming people. At, they don't want to talk to you between eight and not, I mean, eight and nine. They, don't, they just don't have time to call you. So that's when I'm doing reading reports. We have a territory um, called the TAR report, but it's a territory, whatever report analysis. With, and it shows all the new people who've been enrolled. And it's in real time. Mine only updates four times a day, but the Amgen people, it updates constantly. So, um, you know, so there's always something new to be looking at eight to nine. That's when I also talk to sales reps, because unless they're doing a breakfast at an office, they're not busy, like, with customers. And then nine till 11 is great, just what you were saying about golden hours there. And then 11, if they have a lunch being brought in by a rep, they don't really want to talk to me. Even though I'm not a rep, I'm there to talk about reimbursement. But what's interesting is I'm finding I can call pharmacies and I can call insurance companies during that lunch hour when I used to not be productive unless I had a lunch. So that's been something new that I uncovered for myself, that that's a good time for me to call. And why would I want to do that to my lunch hour? Well, less people are calling them. And then I can take my lunch time at one to two and just sort of knock it out harder in the morning is what I prefer to do. And then the afternoon is kind of catching up and, you know, but to really go to work arguing and with a pharmacy or a payer or trying to dig in, like, what is the problem? My brain has to be pretty fresh. So, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. I've got those. I've got that. I need a fresh brain for certain things and the calls. uh, I mean, I do have a rhythm. Um, uh, I have one rhythm that leads up to about um, eight o'clock every morning and two mornings a week, Tuesday, uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays, I do have a networking. Um, well, one's a networking and I go to the other one every other week or so. I do have a couple of things that, you know, going on in the mornings, but, uh, uh, and because I need to be out in front of people, more people seeing what I do and, I'm kind of in a, a, a relaunch mode around, you know, I moved away from uh, managing a team. Now I'm really, you know, trying to be in front of people to, uh, uh, and, and I'm primarily, you know, wanting people to notice that the whole aspect of reverse mortgage specialist, and I'm getting people asking questions about it, haven't started so much on a, purposeful education campaign. I uh, don't know that I'll do that until January, kind of contemplating that right now, uh, that trying to get people that just, they know what a reverse mortgage is, or they ask about it when they see my name tag or something, uh, um, a, an email from me. I'm looking for reasons to send people emails and reply to emails. And, uh, I've even found you know, some people that have said something on Facebook or LinkedIn. I've even sent them an email. So, Hey, got your, uh, your Facebook post and 
things like that get them to see that so i'm trying to spin that up in front of people but i'm having to really think about that and i'm much better in the mornings uh um of getting that done before letting the day sweep me away so you know uh, and he says here and we're and this is in page in chapter 25 we'll jump back to 21 in a minute but is uh on page 96 in this crisis your most pressing challenge is keeping non-sales activities from interfering with your golden hours and goes on to say some things like that um uh, i have to i'd be real careful um <laughs> kathy's um uh in, in her office which is right across here and i have to be uh, real careful of when she asked me something during the day or, you know, uh, somebody else calls me during the day, do anything about business. Um, like my daughter called about something this morning and I'm going, I always want to talk to her, but I sure don't want to take up much time um, during that time of the day. So anyway, uh, good stuff yeah. in here about time is money. That's one of the challenges uh, uh, of, of working from home too, or, or having a home office. Yeah. Uh, I, I know. Um, my uh, significant other uh, re respect my time for the almost ex exclusively, but every once in a while, and, and I had that happen the other day, and I was being asked to do something during that, those golden hours in the morning, and I, I had to say no, and it, and it was, it was difficult to say no. Yeah. Um, and it created a little bit of tension for uh, for a little bit of time, but um, it, you have to, in my opinion, uh, you know, as as a business person, even with families and and those you love, you have to, just like in relationship, we have to set boundaries. So we have to do that in, in business too, to yep. go along with you know what you just read from the book. Yeah, probably the first time I tried to work out of the house and, and did. Uh, it was Austin was five years old, uh, five or six. So that was 30 years ago. And, um, he would come into my office during the day and I'd say, son, I'm not here. You just got to act like I'm not here. And uh, Kathy homeschooled him. So he'd come in and, well, one time I went out and they were sitting at the kitchen table doing schoolwork and I started talking to him and he looked up and he went, mom, I thought I heard dad. But he's not here. It couldn't have been him. <laughs> so he, he poured it back on me. So back into so the, the what? Yeah, I, have a, I have a question. And so I haven't read the book and I apologize for that. Um, I just ordered it on Kindle. What chapter are, you, are we in? We're, we're now back in uh, 21. I'm just going to, I was going to start back. We were on 25. Uh, okay. uh, Gary, so we're going backwards. We start well, at the end. And now we kind of jump. We go through, but if somebody has a comment, I ask for comments about anything in this week's reading. Gary okay. commented, so we just kind of camped out on twenty-five. And now we'll skip it as okay. we go through. And, and I know so, in your fix-it, you know, your vertical mindset that doesn't work real, real well, Gary. Dan. <laughs> so uh, a lot of times with um, you know when people are talking about preserving you know whatever your golden hours are you know your your time for generating business you know they'll talk about things like uh, your the distractions right and I'm assuming that that's that's being talked about here at some point uh, you know things like uh, don't check your email turn your email notifications off don't look at emails if someone calls leaves a voicemail you know don't hit your voicemail. 
And um, I'm, I'm wondering if anybody has a practice of doing things like that, because I don't. I do watch my email. I did turn off the notifications. So, that, you know, when it pops up on the screen, I don't have that. But, I, you know, I can look down and see an email come in. So if I'm making calls as I'm making calls and waiting for somebody to pick up, you know, I will I will go over to email and see what's there because of the nature of my business in real estate. Sometimes that email is, you know, that's money. But anybody else uh, subscribe to that and, I, I or do have a practice? Essentially the same thing you do, Dan. I don't block no email times. I don't mm -hmm. set I, I make a mental note sometimes to say for the next hour or 45 minutes, I'm not going to open it, but that's rare. Yeah. I did have, while I was making calls this morning, someone texted me, say, hey, you know, I've been following your YouTube channel. I, I like what I see and hear and want to talk to you about buying an investment rental property here. And I was making calls and I could see I had about, I had just started a batch of calls and it was going to take about 45 minutes. So I, I just said, I'll call you back shortly and kept making my calls. Mm -hmm. And to me, that that's an important choice to make. But I did stop calling and called that person. And we spent about 30 minutes on the phone and, you know, hope, hopefully we'll, we'll be working together. Um, Gary, I, I think, you know, like you, you have to find what works for you. I don't know if it's a traditional time blocking. Had a conversation with Scott Corley uh, a couple of weeks ago about this at, uh, at one of his events. And uh, I time block, but I, like you, Dan, I've got to be prepared for somebody to pop up. And um, depending upon, I mean, like right now, my pipeline is real small, but when I've got a good pipeline going and I've got underwriters and processors and uh, that they'll send an email or, or text me. So the quicker I get back to them, the more they can move on or they don't get out of a file and get back into it. So I have to be in a flow uh, 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 to make things work. I do turn my, uh, like I've got a file here that um, at some point uh, this afternoon or this evening, I will turn everything off. And so I can spend about an hour with everything turned off to go into a file. Got my, got, I already got it set up, things printed out uh, to work on some income and some pricing and stuff on it. But when I get into that, I just found that if I will uh, turn off, turn off all the computer noise. Now I have very few pop-up. I, I, apps, Hurdy uh, uh, kind of taught me that about uh, you know turning off notifications and apps and and all that type of stuff so I don't have much that type of interruption if I find myself over in Facebook I've got that thing uh, turned on on my phone where that after any social media once I'm on for 15 minutes it pops up and makes me uh, um, um, uh, brings me back to the real world do you still want to stay on Facebook or something I forget what it says but that, that keeps me from getting off on the social media uh, for too long, especially if I see something I want to post or, or something. So next thing I know, I'm stuck in a YouTube channel. Does anybody uh, use um, Does anybody use uh, LinkedIn for marketing your business or like for networking? Uh, I heard he's shaking his head. I do a little bit, not near like I used to and not near like I expect I'm going to be here uh, coming up soon. 
Okay. Just heads up. I've been getting a lot of random phone calls and they're coming from LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they say they know my name because my contacts on there and everything. And I just get these random calls and messages and pictures and they're all coming from LinkedIn. So just heads up. Talk about a waste of time. Well, does it matter on LinkedIn now? I think no, so. Meta, Microsoft. Meta's Facebook. Mm, yeah, Meta's Facebook, yeah. Yeah, Microsoft owns uh, LinkedIn. Microsoft owns them. Okay, I knew yeah, they, they bought that, them. I guess, about, wow, I don't know, four years ago, five years ago. Because you'll be, be, because you'll be interrupting stressed out, overwhelmed, unhappy people, these objections will be direct, harsh, cold, and personal. Sometimes people will take their frustration out on you. I've had that happen calling realtors. Uh, realtors, I've had a no. okay relationship with. They've, they've been to my classes. I mean, every one of the realtors in my database have been through my classes. So we've had a face-to-face. All I was going to just say was that this um, wall of rejection goes right along with that make the one more call chapter. Because I know that when I ever, I, I just didn't like to end my day on a rejection. I would always make that one more call. And I knew that even though I was in a repeat prescription type business, that you still, it was a numbers game. If I could make one more call than my, my counterparts, I would be ahead of them. Good point. Great point. What are you going to say, Tom? Um, I look at rejection now a little bit differently. Um, you know, sometimes it's a blessing. You're rejected. They want too much. They want it good, fast, cheap. Can't give them all three. Um, you know, they reject you because you're, you know, the, the, what, what they want you to do for the price is not a fit. And uh, I'm okay with that. Uh, because I think that uh, not everyone can be your customer. If you think that, you need to look at your business plan. Okay. So, Danny, if everybody that calls you has a 300 credit score, probably going to be a long time pretty close to deal, right? Yep. So, I've got people that call now because they've already worn out their professionals or they just don't want to pay tax. And they reject the fact that I do it right. And thank you, God. I don't want that bother me anymore. So, um, you know, rejection when you've done everything right and it seems to be pretty, you know, like random or or, you know, like you mentioned, Danny, with your, uh, your uh, referral partner, there was a reason she just didn't, you didn't know it, she didn't express it. But uh, I, I think, uh, you know, we can use a dose of rejection. Yeah. So it says he, he, uh, he says here on page 77, at times you might feel like a punching bag. You will be tempted to quit prospecting. Rather than seeking out more rejection, you may complain about how no one is buying. <laughs> and and you'll allow yourself to be distracted by trivial things rather than talking with people who will likely reject you before they buy from you. <laughs> Sometimes I'm I, mean, I know I'm going to keep going or I feel like I'm always going to keep going. Sometimes I just want to complain. <laughs> Anybody else feel like that? Always be closing. Yeah. <laughs> Beware, in a crisis, if you allow tough objections to hold you back from prospecting, again, you know, throughout this whole thing, just like his, in his book, Fanatical Prospecting, um, um, 
you know, uh, it, it, I mean, he, he's, he's got an underlying theme in here that we, we're salespeople. We have to always be prospecting. You'll dig yourself a hole from which you will never recover. When you hit the wall of rejection, you cannot turn around and go back. You cannot stay where you are and do nothing. You must bounce off easily. Find a way to get passed around over, under, or through rejection. So I know we're talking about rejection, but a lot of rejection, and it's the next chapter, is objection, right? And you just need to be prepared with a real uh, uh, word tracks to come back for the different ones. And that takes practice, and it takes experience, and takes time to learn when somebody says, I'm going to think about something, or the price is too high, or we're, we're under budget this year. There's word tracks for that, where you can just keep a casual conversation going with the client. Uh, you know, and uh, overcome those with it and find out what the real issue is and then maybe go back and say, I agree with you that it's a big decision to spend this kind of money. And yep. and well, uh, let me give you some options that make it worth your while. And you can go back and say, you do like the product, right? You do like what you saw. You like what I can do for you. It's just a matter now, maybe getting a budget together and just you go. Know, that's what he kind of goes into here with his son, something his son did. And I uh, went back, he went back to the guy later. And then he ends the chapter with, uh, during an economic crisis, the objection comes first, then the meeting prospecting objections are infliction points, moments of truth, handle them effectively. You will get meetings and make sales. And to your point, Beth, when 10 doors are slammed to your face, go to door number 11 enthusiastically with a smile on your face. I, re so, I remember, uh, Danny, I remember sitting in front of a, when I was in the Mazda, when I was with Mazda and finance, I used to talk to salesmen all the time that would come back and say, well, they want to think about it. And I said, what'd you say to them? And the salesman goes, I asked them what they want to think about. And I said, <laughs> you just lost a client. There's no way that client's going to come back here and finance and talk to me now because you basically you basically just shot them down and told them that they're stupid and ignorant. And what is there to think about? Well, there's a lot to think about. They're getting ready to spend twenty seven thousand dollars. They're getting ready to be on a on a monthly payment plan. They're, they don't know what rates are. They want to know. You know, I said so. So, I mean, you know, there there's things you shouldn't say back. Right. That, that are part of the selling in a crisis. Like right now, people are always going to say, I don't have the budget right now. That's just going to be standard for right now because they're losing, you know, they're spending all their money. So I don't know. Just word well, I mean, Hardy, I mean, and, and when their answer is the truth, there's a time, don't you think there's time to stand down? I mean, some yeah, people so have an attitude. Okay, I've got your email. I'm going to email you till you die. And I mean, I'll let it. No, 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 no. I think I think there's a dead zone. I I, yeah. I I think that all sales have an ending. It's just that you get to choose where that ending is. And, right. and, and based right. on how much follow up is done and whether they get right. back with you and you've given them four right. shots or five, maybe right. you say, I'll try again in six months. But that's right. that's just part of it. I mean, I have people say, well, you know, I. Uh, I'm going to do it myself or I'm going to get charitable tax. I'll go, no problem. And by the way, if you have my card or my information, if you need help after that, uh, touch base. Thank you. I'm done. You'd be amazed how many people call me later. Okay, I got into this. It's too much. I'm not prepared. Or I did the return to charitable tax. It's got returned. A bunch of problems with the IRS. Need help now. I mean, 
you know, because, I, you know, I just can't see the point of emailing them forever. I no, mean, maybe but, it's just me. You know, I, I mean, but it's, uh, I, you know, I've had people, you know, they're in my spam box and I probably took them once and they email me forever. My, 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 my final email to somebody that's not followed up with me is, hey, I've really appreciated reaching out and having a touch point with you. At this time, it doesn't look like we're going to connect, but right. would you mind if I followed up in six months to see if things change? That's just a standard word track email that I have through my HubSpot yeah. CRM that I send out after a certain amount of contact, right? Yeah. And it gets them out of the system. It just gets them into my folder yeah. for hold and I put them on a calendar for six months down the road and put, I'm going to email them at 10 a.m. and put it in my calendar. So it's there sitting, waiting on me as a task or reminder six months from now. So, yeah. but yeah. And I, I just think there's products like Dan's in and Gary's in that are bigger purchase items, right? And they take a lot longer to process. So you're probably going to get a lot. Those guys probably get a lot of objections, you know, for the price points on the stuff they sell. It just, you know. You know, I'm always playing the long game with an eye with a lookout for the short game, somebody that's ready right now. Right. For the most right. part, it's the long game. And uh, that served me real well during um, 2020 and 2021. So, on to, uh, to finish up this chapter, uh, he gives some uh, list of objections during normal times and then another list of during challenging prospecting times like we're in right now. Um, but, um, he, he also talks about how it's scripted, you know, be prepared. You should know what your, right. your objections are. And I pretty well do. Um, uh, I think I do. I haven't been, I don't know that I've been hit with an, anything new in a long time, but, um, it'll probably happen this afternoon. So, um, uh, you yeah, know, now that I popped that off, uh, but he says the path to emotional control and confidence is preparation practice and developing objection turnaround scripts. Um, uh, you know, my scripts are such, and um, maybe Dan's are also, is that when people are ready to, when somebody's ready, when I'm talking to somebody, they're typically, they've got a real short window. I try to get people to get involved six months or more out, but there's very, very few that do. Uh, uh, to start preparing ahead of time. Typically, they're, they, uh, I talk to them. We're, we're, uh, we're, Danny, we're six months out. And then all of a sudden, they call about eight o'clock one night, literally eight o'clock one night, and they saw a house they, they have to go see tomorrow. And uh, then they're not prepared. Had that happen two weeks ago. Uh, they're not near prepared. Uh, down uh, Anyway, so um so good stuff in here um uh he's got a back couple of back and forth this is one of the longer chapters uh so if you haven't uh, spent some time in there it's good reading uh number 23 chapter 23 do a little bit of prospecting every day danny before you leave that yeah this is my script notebook yeah so all these pages are double-sided you practiced um, that. You had a, a, a accountability partner. Y'all practiced that, right? I did. I, I did for a long time. And I can't say that I've got all these memorized and internalized, but I have gone over them so many times that they are just sort of a natural part of conversation. But yeah, I used to do role playing uh, in the mornings, uh, me and a California agent. So he got up real early 
<laughs> to, to role play with me and just practice, 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 practice. Yeah. He ends the chapter with this statement. You'll find this process, what he just went through, you'll find this process gives your brain a chance to adjust to messaging process to the messaging process and will help you iterate your scripts and make them better. So uh, some real good reading there. Uh, chapter 23, do a little bit of prospecting every day. A uh, couple of good stories in here. Uh, this whole thing about Kaizen, uh, some of us have probably read about, heard about that that before. Mm -hmm. it means a, cha a, a change for continuous improvement uh, based on the idea that it isn't so much about the grand changes and ideas that we have. Changes found in the small steps that add up to large-scale and lasting habits that lead to success. Uh, we yeah. just went through the book Atomic Habits, and he, um, uh, I'm surprised he didn't mention Kaizen in there, did he? So. So, Danny, so this goes back also to the book before that, where a lot of the things that we do in our sales process are, are unexcitable, they're mundane, they have to be repeated, and so we stop that process sometimes because they get boring to us, but we don't realize that it's those mundane habits and unexcitable steps we take that keep us in a cumulative mode to sell something. So well, I, don't uh, like work. I don't like working on my CRM every day. I'm sorry. I don't. I hate it. Yeah. But guess what? To match up the calendar and to sync everything and to make sure, you know, people have opened emails I've sent to see what's been opened by my clients. I'm on it, and I spend an hour on it every day. Uh, that's my hour, so well, I don't like it. I you were talking about. I can't Darren. stand it. Boring. You, you were talking about Darren's book. Yes, uh, compound effect. But yep. at the end of Atomic Habits, he's you know he ended the book maybe the afterward something right there at the very end about that the, uh, one of the dangers of creating good habits is it gets boring. And you and you try something new instead of just keeping with the boring thing that works. Um, I give you a, a little thing I did. Uh, I almost didn't send an email out. Then I thought, well, I'll just send a Thanksgiving note, and then no sales pitch at all. But I recommend this book, and. Uh, I got 60 clicks on my website, which is way more than I ever get on any newsletter uh, by sending out the book recommendation. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's one of the goals. Her Herdy saw it. Herdy responded to it. Herdy right. sent me a and, note. And, and me... Gary, I'm telling you, you should do that. I think I I noticed it. I didn't notice that the activity, but I liked the newsletter. It's real. That was really good. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. Short, sweet, and simple. Yes, no, sir. No sales to, to follow up on that, what Mike said earlier, um, I, I use LinkedIn differently than before Microsoft bought it. But um, I try to post a significant article, share an article that they can read that has that has substantiation. You know, yeah. we're not, you know, I, I know the source uh, to get people to think or to inform them that there's a change. And all I'm doing is sharing an article, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, that's it. I'll have two to 400 responses on that share. Yeah. In the next week. Yeah. And I, so it's not a comment. I've, it's not content I've created originally, but I might make a comment to say beware or it's important. I mean, I'll get 
email some people like, let's talk about this because they're not watching that. It's not their area. And, and I'm not trying to sell them anything, but it's like, I'm trying to build awareness that they have a source and it's relatively easy to do. And I'm not trying to do something every day to flood their box. You know, these are people who follow me. I'm just trying to keep them at a high level aware of things that might affect their business. And it's been very effective. Awesome. Versus trying to send them a bunch of spam emails because I can get their email off the list. So. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Tom, one of the things I discovered a long time ago was that by creating my business support center on Facebook, I didn't have to worry about emailing every week. I could simply make sure that the people that were members were being informed about changes and cool things to do on social media, right? It's just kind of a, whether they were still engaged with me or not as a client, I wanted to keep them in the fold. So I started the group, right? To push forward information. So there's several ways to do that. But Gary just had a nice newsletter. He puts out a nice newsletter every week. So so in here on page 88. Um, so does so does Dan. Yeah, thinking about the daunting task of building your pipeline in the middle of an economic crisis can be overwhelming and lead to procrastination and, and paralysis. And he goes on down um, and he says, daily prospecting is one thing that you absolutely must do to outsell the, cri uh, the crisis. Front loading each sales day with a little bit of prospecting has a cumulative impact. Um, uh, a little bit every day is all you need to feed the pipe. You won't set the world on fire, but you will be moving in the right direction. Confucius says it doesn't matter how slow you may be moving as long as you don't stop. Mm -hmm. uh, Beth, back to your point, uh, chapter 24, one more call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Beth, how, how many times has that I mean, you probably know that a lot of times you've got results because you made that one one more call, right? Absolutely. That was one of my tactics in my 12-week year was I knew if I made one more that um, I would come out on top. Um, it was, you know, I finished the last two years. I'm not in sales this year, but last two years I was in sale. I finished number one out of 70 people nationwide two years in a row. And I swear it's just that also he goes through that discipline of a sales process or sales call in another chapter, same thing. You know, you, you can't skip steps and you have to do everything, but then if you can do it one more time a day than other people who get lazy and go home to pick up their kid at three 30 or whatever. I mean, you know, it's a choice. It's a choice. Maybe going home at three 30 is what you need to do for you, but you're not going to get the top sales results if that's what you do and i know a lot of people who did that yep to that point yeah. <laughs> over time this one simple philosophy practice relentlessly placed me at the top of every sales ranking year after year in a crisis you cannot afford the luxury of excuses this is a waste of time because nobody's answering their phone you cannot complain Nobody is calling me back. You cannot waste a moment whining. No one is buying. You cannot live in fear. And on and on. And it just, uh, um, in, in a crisis, the pipe is, uh, is a lot. Make one more call. You mean people don't yep. answer their phone? <laughs> <laughs> Our greatest weakness. Oh, my God. Be an officer. Yep. Our greatest weakness. Be an officer completely shut down. You know, they weren't even going to see patients. 
or they're only doing telemedicine. You know, there's just we don't need samples. We're no one's coming in the office. So if you were lazy and you were only selling with samples, uh, you were out of business. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, um, in, in a previous chapter. The lady who sold to was it NASCAR or something like that, and uh, and all of a sudden uh, uh, NASCAR was shut down or, or uh, some sports event uh, system. She was or pro football, maybe that's what it was, and so she had to you know totally change her market. Uh, Thomas Edison says our greatest weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is always to try just one more time. Time discipline. Uh, we've already covered chapter 25 on the golden hours. Uh, chapter 26. Now, I've always heard this, but not like this. I've always, uh, like what he says here, work harder, longer, and smarter. Yeah. So, so Danny, so um, back when I played baseball, um, after you have a good game, the coach says, man, you played such a good game. We're going to rest you next game. And I go, no, 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 no. I'm hot. You got to keep me in. Don't rest me. You know, I noticed, I noticed on the PGA tour that some of the golfers that win the week before don't play the next week. And I'm thinking, why aren't you playing the next week? Yeah. Mm. Right. Yeah. You just won. Why aren't you playing the next week? Yeah. Yeah. Who is the Australian golfer back in the 70s 80s greg norman yeah you know greg norman was known for uh and somebody noticed it and passed it on to him that when he started losing he started taking uh, less time between shots he would get in a hurry and he got steadily worse uh and when he was winning he was taking more time much more time between shots um work harder longer and smarter before the crisis you could get away with taking your foot off the accelerator and coasting a bit you could take a break and catch your breath now you must drive without breaks you'll need to put in longer hours skip meals to uh, do deals and work much harder than you did before sometimes just to get the same results Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Slow is smooth and smooth is fast. Yeah, that's a uh, I like that. That comes from the Navy SEALs. You'll hear that a lot in that uh, series, Danny, that we were watching. Yeah. SEAL team. Yeah. I know this when you go over a speed bump fast, it's not near as rough as when you go over it. So. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You believe that, huh? Don't allow anyone to outwork you or out-hustle you. Or outsmart you. Tom, what does that mean? You're shaking your head. Well, I've got a little disagreement with the work harder, longer, smarter. I see people working hard, nothing getting done. Yeah, I mean, they, let, they left out the smarter part. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so they, they worked in one area. That was it, our comfort. Yeah. Guilty. <laughs> you know, Tom, and, I'm wondering uh, that same thing right there because I'm going, some of this I'm going, you know, I just don't, it's, but I think maybe it's the smarter. I know I'm working 
longer and harder, but I'm taking pauses and I'm being, I think I'm being smarter about it right now. Um, uh, like I worked for a while this morning, then I went for a run and to give myself that break, kind of like Dan's doing that break, uh, in between the, uh, you know, the calls there. I, I made a, I made a home office and I seem, it seems that I'm a lot more productive there because when I'm here, I get so many interruptions. I mean, cause you know, I own the place. Plus if somebody's not here, it comes to me. Right. So, well, you know, Mike, if I were talking to you as a prospect and mm -hmm. I knew what you did, as soon as I hear a CNC machine, I go, let me take you to lunch. Yeah. I get you out of that building. Yep. Cause that I know sense. that they come to you to solve all the stuff. And if yeah. I can get you out for an hour, you know, I mean, it increased my chance of us really communicating because you got a business to run. It's hard to just tell people, go away, let the machine just crash. Yes, but when yes. you're not there, they figure it out. So that's one. The other yeah. thing is, I'm just a quick example. I had a gentleman said, if I can do $2 million worth of drywall, I'm going to be a millionaire. So he did $2 million of gross. And he came to me a, almost a year afterwards to clean up his taxes. You ready? He netted $2,000 of net income on $2 million. He didn't even know he did all that work. He gave it all away because his quality sucked. That's not good. And therefore, he'd had a lot of punch lists. Yeah. He goes, oh, there is no doubt he worked hard. But it did not. It was not so smart. So, you, I mean, you know, it's hard to balance the harder, longer, smarter. It's the good, fast, cheap. I was in front of a client last week uh, that, I knew had been there before was really distracted. So right before we sat down, I pulled my phone out and I actually turned it off in front of him. That's awesome. That down. means and a lot. He auto and he automatically reached for his phone and said, yeah, I'll turn mine off. Mm -hmm. So, so it's just the subtle little hint to uh, set the tone for the meeting, right? Without insulting. No. Yeah. Hardy, I, I I turn I'll, I'll mute my phone in front of them. If I pick up my phone, I will tell them beforehand. I'm going to use the phone right now to get data for you or a fact only, and mm -hmm. then put it back down. And mm -hmm. I mean, I get their attention. It's it's a real deal. Sure. You know, he says here, you know, to all this. After saying, it's going to wear you out, wear you down. It will drain you. This is why crisis is so sufficient at separating the winners from the losers. Don't quit. Don't slow down. This does not mean that you shouldn't be smart. Smart matters. Invest in your time in the right activities, right prospects, customers at the right time will accelerate your climb out of the crisis. Organizing your day, using technology, leveraging techniques. And uh, he said, when you work longer, harder, and then in italics and smarter, very good things happen. I mean, that's, that's a big thing. Uh, that's something Dan and I have talked about a few times, I think. Uh, so many words, right, Dan? Just you know, how we do this, Tom and I were talking. Yeah, about the, yeah. The longer thing, too, uh, Thomas. I'm sort of, I'm sort of like you on that. I mean, we got 24 hours in a day. We could work 24 hours, not for very much longer than that, you know. <laughs> um, and, and work, working, it, it is about balancing. And Tom, you said that you, you do have to balance. It's not yeah. just like okay, if I prospect basically three hours a day. You know, my philosophy is everything else should work out, but there's times right now that's not working very well. 
I could change that to six hours a day. And there are people that do that. Bless your heart. I, I'm not going to do it because I also want to have a life. Yeah. Uh, but again, that's smarter. Maybe I'm smarter because. <laughs> yeah, agree. But it is finding that balance. And, well, and I, I think that's very each person. Just go ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Gary. No, I, I just told Danny a couple of weeks ago, you know, I've been in sales since 1977. I've been through multiple of these economic downturns, upturns. And uh, occasionally I would beat the bell curve and sell better or hit quota. But most of the time, my business went with the economy. And so you just have to make a value judgment there about uh, are you rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic? Mm. And I'm looking at you now, Gary. I was going to comment earlier. You're sitting out on the street corner somewhere. Well, and I'm shoeless too. <laughs> He's selling. Yeah. Don't stand. Don't stand I up. Got my, don't. I got a sign. <laughs> we'll sell up. for money. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Tom and I've you know talked about networking. <laughs> Dan and I've had numerous con uh, conversations with Gary, and yeah. I have also about networking. What's affected? What's not? And and um, uh, you know, I have a whole process that I go through, uh, and uh, you know, I, I met about eleven people last week, and and you know, my my strategy is that I meet you, and I'm going to wait a few days before I send you an email that says it was great meeting you, and um, because it so much of it's a numbers game, then like. Uh, uh, just realized here at four o'clock, I'm going to be sending emails to those 11 people. I haven't sent them yet. Uh, uh, purpose and normally I do it on Mondays. Um, and yesterday I thought, you know, we'll wait another day. Got the holidays coming up. People are starting to check out. They're finishing up early. So I strategically, you know, more, more or less waited till this afternoon at four. I'm going to send those, those emails out to those 11 people. I'm simply going to say it's great meeting you last week. And, um, so, and, and part of that's a, a subconscious impact that I want people to go in. Who is he? And the email does have my picture on it. Uh, I, I've, I've, what's interesting is I don't get as many clicks on my LinkedIn um, uh, link when I have a picture on there as when I don't. So, um, well, that's, yeah, of course. It, because they're, they're it, yeah, well, what they're doing is they're, yeah, of course, is they're, um, uh, is they go, who is this? And I go, yeah, okay, I remember him. And uh, and that's what I'm wanting them to do. I'm wanting to, uh, to uh, yeah, the whole marketing thing. Um, Danny, I'm, I'm Photoshop, getting catfish. Danny, they'll Photoshop your photo if you need it, man. Come on, that's what I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting catfished. It's really annoying. You know, I keep getting these, hey, Mike, do you remember me? And I'm like, oh, yeah. no. And then they send me a picture of them, and I'm like, like, yeah, we're friends on LinkedIn. And I'm just like, I have to block. I've been blocking at least three a day. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, you know, I tell my wife, hey, this ain't me. I'm not doing this. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we'll finish up. Um, or we'll start next week with uh, Chapter 27. We're in the part of the, of the book, uh, the, the part three here about uh, time discipline. This is coming up next on, uh, I love this, the whole idea around you cannot manage your time. And uh, we can't. It's, it's going to happen. We're the, remember what we do with it.
with manager activities or energy, however you want to look at it. All right, everybody. Good to see everybody. Thanks for letting me in. Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah, Yeah, happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Have a great holiday. Bye-bye. Thank you all. All right. Take care. God bless.